Summer, winter, spring, and fall, Captain jars upon the wall. Pinch of summer, dash of spring, that's how we add seasoning. Roll a year out on the table, join the ends if you are able. Separate the fall and spring with a little winter zing. Chill the days and freeze the nights, make the wind so cold it bites. Sprinkle merry flakes of snow, don't forget the icing though. Whoops, my toes are getting number, time to add a taste of summer. Heat the days and warm the nights, add a few mosquito bites. Hey, we're really having fun, but the spicing isn't done. Take the labels off the jars, dump them on the calendars. Summer on a frosty day now, winter in the month of May now. What a crazy mixed-up thing, summer, winter, fall, and spring. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark Hershaw. Mark Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and hot cross bun for Epi 143 of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast. And what you heard just before Bill Haywatt's intro, if you didn't recognize his dulcet tones, was the first of two musical offerings that we have on this installment of Suckatash Clips from our chum Abner Surd over at his Shaggy Dogs and Tall Tales soundcast, which you can find at abnersurd.com, iTunes, and other such soundcast dispensaries. This is the newest edition of Succotash Clips, after a couple of Succotash chat shows we had the last times, and I've got a pile of snippets from comedy soundcasts to share with you. They've been gathered from near and far by our associate producer Tyson Saner, by yours truly, and a few sent in by podcasters themselves. I wanted to be sure to thank those of you who've been using the Amazon banner at the top of the page on our SuccotashShow.com homepage. We just got a check for 46 bucks and change from our skim off the top the past couple of months, which covers a month and a half of hosting on Libsyn, our hosting service. So I really appreciate it. Keep on shopping. I mean, come on. It's time for Christmas, right? And I know that a lot of soundcasts are using Patreon these days, but we're not on there. So if you'd like to help Suckatash out and cut out the middleman as well, simply use the donate button on our home site. I'll mention your name here on the show, and I'll send you something. I don't know. I've got all kinds of merch from the Suckatashery lying around here, so I'll scoop something up and send it to you if you pass along a snail mail address when you donate. I would have dropped this episode before the election, but it would have been filled with braggy stuff about Hillary probably winning and Trump probably losing. So I'm glad I held off. I'm not upset about the way the election turned out, but for the next four years, Succotash will be coming to you from the Maldives, or 
will as soon as we get a sponsor from over there, like maybe the Miru Island Resorts or the one and only Reethi Ra. In the real world, you can catch me live if you're in the Bay Area, specifically in Marin County on December 1st, which is a Thursday night, when I'll be hosting a conversation with Michael Krasny. You may know Mr. Krasny from NPR. He's a humorist, a commentator, and an author. And we'll be at the Marin JCC in San Rafael starting at 7 p.m. You can find out more at marinjcc.com or visit our home site, SuckatashShow.com. I will have a link to that event up there. And then in January, it will be time once again for the San Francisco Sketch Fest, the 17th annual Sketch Fest. Suckatash has been invited to participate. I suggested that, but they've been including Soundcast the past few years, that they should have us on to do a kind of a roundtable with a bunch of the podcasters that they'll have on hand. It's too early to tell you who's going to be on my docket, but I will keep you informed. We're going to be there on Saturday, January 22nd at 4.30 p.m. at Piano Fight in the city down the Tenderloin there. So just go to sfsketchfest.com for ticks and deets on a, a fabulous comedy festival. Over 400 shows in 18 days. It's kind of amazing. All right, enough about me. What about you? Well, what we have for you, this epi, is a bushel of comedy soundcast clips, a post-election burst of durst with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, plus a month-and-a-half-old chat with Chris Mancini from the Podcast Lab at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. I'm also going to feature a good old-fashioned folk song by a friend of mine, Pat Hanlon. There's also another song, as I mentioned, from our buddy Abner Surd. Not to mention a long-awaited return to the Tweet Sack. Yeah, it's been a while, huh, Tweety? With our Carnival of Convivial Comradeship. Also, this epi is brought to you in timely fashion by Henderson's Turkey Trousers. If you want to do it upright for Thanksgiving this year, stop dressing at the kids' table and get yourself some turkey trousers from Henderson's Pants. There's been a lot of pain and heartache across the U.S. from right-thinking folks, but also some celebrating from supporters of White House resident-elect Trump. We'll do our official weighing in on the topic by way of our burst o' durst and his official top nine bright sides of a Trump presidency. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about a wake-up call that would have roused Beethoven, who is of course both deaf and dead. And I'm speaking of Donald Trump's surprise victory over Hillary Clinton. The blot heard round the world. And liberals are all the Twitter. San Francisco is trying to work through the five stages of grief, but it's going to take a while to get past denial. The streets of Hollywood are flooded with the tears of distraught movie stars. And MSNBC's anchors reacted like they had just been told their children had been burned beyond recognition in a meth lab explosion. Even Rachel Maddow. So many depressed lefties investigated leaving the country that the Canadian immigration website crashed. But we're Americans, famous for making lemonade out of lemons, and are totally overlooking the possible bright sides of Donald J. Trump becoming our 45th president. So here's nine to bear in mind. The top nine bright sides of a Donald J. Trump presidency. For the first time ever, teenage boys will collect photos of the First Lady to be viewed under a blanket with a flashlight, one-handed. Congressional Medal of Honor winner Vladimir Putin. Trump supporters once again have other uses for that collection of white sheets gathering dust in the back of the closet. 
New style in ladies' fashion. The Stepford look. Bill Clinton can finally take that long nap he obviously so desperately needs in Sweden. Four words. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Sarah Palin. Now everybody can see Russia from her house. Civil War buffs have a new international clash to study, where one side has all the guns and the other all the lesbians. So it sort of evens out. Now, orange really is the new black. And finally, no one will ever blame you for developing a drinking problem during the day at your job as a grade school teacher. For Succotash, I'm Will Durst. Well, with the elections over, Durst gets a bit of a break in the action, but he really can't relax. He's gearing up for his annual big, fat, year-end kiss-off extravaganza that tours the San Francisco Bay Area right after Christmas through New Year's. You can find out more at willdurst.com. This seems like an apropos point to insert our next piece. In a case of my real world colliding with my soundcast existence, I got a note from my friend Patrick Hanlon, who has a company called Thinktopia, and uh, who is one of the world's renowned branding experts. He's put together a protest song, which I wish I'd gotten out there before the elections, but I think in light of the results, it may be even more necessary now. Here's Jesse James Blue's Project Vote. When I wake up in the morning, I hear the metal shriek. They're tearing up the Ford plant down by the creek. Yeah, they took away our jobs, the wages and the blow. I guess if we want to eat, we'll have to work in Mexico. They took away the farm, so now you're paying rent. They take from the poor and give it all to the one percent While they're building mansions and slugging thousand dollar wine They feed us in sound bites while the rest of us do time Red, white and blue, yellow, black and brown It's time to stand up and see what's going down The bankers defy disaster with their golden parachutes. I guess where they land is where they stashed all the loot. Election year is here with their political contestants. Is it any wonder we're on antidepressants? Red, white, and blue, yellow, black, and brown. Time to stand up and see what's going down What's freedom of choice when you have no choices left But to stand here in line, pay off their national debt A dust storm is coming, it's drifting across the land Don't try to pretend that they don't understand Let me tell you what, and you can take this to your grave. They stepped on those they just might have saved. Jesse James the outlaw was a bad, bad man. He carried two guns in every hand. 
But from all that I know, all that he stole wasn't as bad as what they stole from you. Red, white, and blue, yellow, black, and brown. It's time to stand up and see what's going down. What's freedom of choice when you have no choices left? But to stand here in line and pay off your college debt. To help get that 1960s feel, Pat says he went into the studio in New York City with Josh Abbey, an audio engineer who's worked with Bob Dylan, Mark Knopfler, John Hyatt, Brian Wilson, and Aretha Franklin. I pulled that audio track of Pat Hanlon singing off of the video that you can watch up on YouTube. Just look up Jesse James Blues at YouTube, or you can click over to our home site, SuccotashShow.com, where I will have a link to that uh, video right there in the blog entry for this show. All right, let's get to some comedy soundcast clips, shall we? One of the hottest shows to pop onto the soundcast radar this past year has been two dope queens with the absolutely delightful Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams, plus their favorite comedians who join them for stories about sex, romance, race, hair journeys, living in New York, and Billy Joel. They're deep into their second season now, and our associate producer Tyson Sainer has shaved us off a taste from their Epi 17, Fifty Shades of Matthew McConaughey, where they're joined by The Walking Dead's Ross Marquand. What was it like to like see all the makeup get done? Like, did you were you like, oh, the zombie stuff? Oh. Yeah, I said, I, t- I turned into John C. Riley, and yeah. I was like, this is crazy! I can't believe all this zombie stuff. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, that's a good impression. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, do you? He, he's a master impressionist. Thank I did some googling. I saw your vids. Oh, you did. I saw. Wait, your which vids. one? Which one? Yeah. I saw the X-rated one. No, no, no. Uh, I just saw. We haven't Check seen that. No. But if you're Wait, which one? <laughs> No, but I saw like a couple of, like you did a video for Vanity Fair. You did yes. all these impressions. Yeah. Could you do some? Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, but could you do some for you us? You don't want to put me on the spot? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so do you want to do some impressions for sure. us? Sure. Do you want to do, do that? Not? Okay. So, I'm going to move back here. Should I just give you some celebs? Sure. Sure. Okay. My, I think my top five, one of my top five is your Justin Timberlake. Oh, for real? Girl. <laughs> no. You don't even know. Like, for realsies? Oh, my God! I'm going to write you a song right now. Oh, my wow. God! That is like, 13-year-old me just came while writing in her diary. Thank you so much. Why not 26-year-old you right now? Michael Caine, I heard you Michael do. Caine. Uh, so, now, are you excited? Yeah, everyone gets really excited for Michael Caine. Opposite like, of Super Horny oh, Yeah, you fucking give me Michael Caine. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, now, why do we fall mast away? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up again. Right? Oh, my God. This is like some David Blaine street magic, and we're like... <laughs> Black people on the show. Yeah, right we're like, oh, this is like shit. <laughs> we're like oh high fiving each other a million times. <laughs> okay, do give us another one. Um, yeah, give us another one. You give them a. 
Uh, who, um, do you have a, a McConaughey or something? Oh, you're like McConaughey now. Nah. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I heard, I heard Will talking about McConaughey earlier. <laughs> I heard Will, I heard that, that story. I remember that night, actually. <laughs> we were out there, uh... <laughs> And it was, it was unfortunate because I'd just been turned down for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I said, I can't believe it. I, I don't know why they wouldn't choose me. I'm, I'm, I'm the perfect guy for it. I, I pontificate. I'm, I'm charming. I'm rich. <laughs> they didn't believe that I could, 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 could convincingly, you know, in, inflict uh, BDSM, you know, pain on a woman. <laughs> Oh my God! The hand thing is the most. Oh, it's it's so the, thing. Good. The, the flourish, the flourish. It's yeah. so good. All right, all right. That was really amazing. Uh, yes, those are. Thank you. Do you have any more that you just like doing? Yeah. Do you have any? What are some of your favorites that you like doing? I mean, I love Angry Harrison Ford. He's probably yes. my favorite. Yes. You know, like, he's always angry. Just angry about everything. It's yeah, just he the hates best. It, the ear piercing. He hates all the, of that. Yeah. God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm so sick of this goddamn Brooklyn versus Manhattan bullshit. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Back in my day, it was all one goddamn city. <laughs> you either lived in New York or you lived somewhere else and no one gave a shit. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's do maybe one more. Yeah. Um, you do a good uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, sure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. He's a hard one. That's a hard one. Yeah. Do you want like regular Ke- regs Kevin Spacey or like Frank let's Underwood? Do, Frank let's Underwood. Do Frank Underwood. Frank, Frank Underwood. Frank Underwood. Now, I don't know if y'all caught up with House of Cards season three, but I'll tell you this. I am so very happy to be your president. And I think if you vote for me just one more time, Frances Underwood, my, my wife, we will take you to the top. I promise that. that clip came from was bookended by two comedians on the show and Tyson mentions that to him the show feels like a well-produced live talk show but devoid of FCC regulations. I like that description. Uh, catch two dope queens in their homes at their home site WNYC.org as well as on the Laughable app, iTunes and everywhere else across the sound casting spectrum. There are lots and lots of fans of Adventure Time out there, and friend of Succotash Adam Spiegelman recently talked with Adventure Time writer Kent Osborne on his Proudly Resents soundcast. Kent is also the star of Uncle Kent and Uncle Kent 2. Adam uploaded a clip from his interview from Kent's office where he noticed some words written on the wall. On your wall it says slapstick, throwaways, absurd, and fart. What is that? Yeah, that was, um, we had a comedy summit here a few years ago, uh, and the, it was the executives um, were having like this roundtable discussion about comedy and like what is comedy and what makes something funny. And, and they invited someone from each show to come and sort of present like a clip from the show. Uh, 
And so they asked me if I wanted to go, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then it was run, it was like something out of the office. Like it was run by an outside, you know, person was running this meeting with no all, sense of humor. Uh, he was pretty funny. I don't okay. know. Like, you know, well, everyone's funny. But there, on one side were all the executives, and the other side were all the creatives. And then we would present these clips, and I presented a clip from Adventure Time. And uh, after the clip, he's, he was like, was that a uh, successful comedy clip? And everyone was like, hmm, yeah, yeah, we laughed. And he was like, what made it successful? What were some of the components? And someone said, uh, slapstick. It was slapsticky. Like the rock hit him on the head and we all laughed. And he was like, okay. And so he wrote down slapstick. And then someone said, throwaways. And he was like, Throw- what's a throwaway? And he goes, you know, it's like, it's not really a joke, but it made us laugh because of the delivery, which I'm not sure if that's what a throwaway is. But, but he wrote down throwaways. And then someone said, uh, absurdist humor. Uh, they were, they were tying ducks to their hands so that their punches wouldn't hurt and that's absurd and he's like okay <laughs> says him yeah and then uh, he goes okay and he goes um, are there limits to absurdity if he tied too many ducks or too few ducks would it still have been a successful component in a comedy clip <laughs> wow <laughs> like that's how and I was just like this is amazing and then we watched another clip it was someone from Warner and they had the Mad the Mad show not Mad TV but Mad Magazine. Yeah, they did an uh, animated show. Yeah, and so they did a clip called, it was making fun of Avatar. It was called Avaturd. And it ended with a fart joke. And so when the lights came up, I was like, farts. Farts are funny. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And he wrote fart. <laughs> but then he didn't write anything else for the rest of the. Oh, that's the actual sheet. Yeah, yeah. When the thing was over, I was like, can I have this? <laughs> and he was, like, <laughs> he was like, sure. And so I took it down. How often and, do you use that for inspiration? Oh, every day. It's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, anytime I'm I'm stuck or I have writer's block, I just, uh-huh. it's kind of like a cheat sheet. You just kind of <laughs> you look at it. It's the Mount Rushmore of it's one of four comedy. Yeah, it's like when you have a baby and they're crying and they're either hungry, the diapers dirty, or they're tired. Yeah, you got to remind yourself it's one of those three. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, the same thing. I like fart looks like fast. Yeah, I, that's my only note on the, the guy's <laughs> Let's give the writing. Guy notes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, do you feel, besides this great poster, I guess the answer is yes, but do you feel like you got funnier from that seminar? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> the seminar was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just just hearing people talk about tr- trying to, like, uh, retro engineer, is that the word? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, try to, like, oh, this made me laugh. Why did it make me laugh? Is there a formula? Like, what's the secret? And can I can I recreate it? Can I just do do it again? Uh-huh. Um, that I mean, that's really that's funny to me. I mean, anytime someone is like, "I'm going to tell you about comedy," I'm always I always lean forward because <laughs> <I, laughs> I'm like, "This is great." Adam and I were supposed to try to coffee it up when I was in L.A. for the Podfest back in September, but between his new child and my not wanting to lose my coveted spot in the podcast lab, we couldn't get it together. Check out Proudly Resents at the home site by the same name, plus .com. So that's ProudlyResents.com. See how I did that? Also available in all the usual places you can find soundcasts. And like Adam Spiegelman did, if you have a comedy podcast that you host or that you just like, you can upload a three to five minute MP3 clip directly to us to feature on an upcoming epi of Succotash. Go to Hightail.com slash you slash Succotash and follow the easy peasy directions. There's also a link to the uploader on our SuccotashShow.com home site. So check that out.
We had another clip uploaded to us from Matt Slayer, co-host of the 288 podcast. I met Matt and his wife, Draven Star, in the podcast lab last September during the LA PodFest. They are an interesting couple. Draven Star is an award-winning erotic video performer, and they like bourbon. The name of their show is taken from 288 Bourbon, and their show is sort of a tribute to the explicit rating on iTunes, you might say. In the clip they sent along, they interview guest Elanova. While I'm having the time of my life, Madeline goes, do you want to see something really fucked up? And I was like, always. Slash it y'all. I'm like, always. I always want to see something fucked up. She goes, okay, I'm going to show you pictures from the last gangbang that I shot. She goes, and it is seriously probably the darkest thing i've ever shot in my whole career and i was like damn i'm trying to see this and she shows me the pictures and it is your gangbang where you are wearing this like sequin americana looking like this beautiful all-american blonde perfect like princess with five dudes all wearing these horrific fucking donald trump masks Did they wear them the whole scene? Like, oh, definitely they were. Oh, the I was really hoping and and not at the same time that the can we? T- yeah, that's because that's like one of the most <laughs> fucked up things. And I am so happy to be like sitting in front because you are a strong woman. Did they? That had to have that you know, dude. <laughs> keeping your pussy wet while looking at five fucked up looking Donald Trumps had to have been. I gotta a, know. A feat. I gotta know. <laughs> I, Did they in post digitally re- like reduce their hands so they all had small hands? <laughs> <laughs> but then they'd have to make the give them little micro penises too and it would sort of like fuck up the whole yeah that's no good i mean that would have been really weird like it it looks like she's being penetrated by a normal size cock but <laughs> her buttholes definitely... her butthole is open but where is the dick just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that whole day was like, insane i had to like delve really deep into the creepy sleazy... did you know that that's what you were getting into i had i didn't know so i was like right before i moved to la and it was like a last minute booking, like a week in advance. And they were like, it's, it's political theme. And I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. I love to get gangbanged. I'm moving. I want gangbang money. I want to yeah. go do. And, and there was like a hot roster of babes. I yeah. love. It's great when they get a good roster. Yeah. It's, it's like fucking the best. All my friends. And so I show up. I'm like, yeah, political theme. And then they're like, here's the, all the costumes for the day. And it's this like stack of just flimsy cardboard not yeah. like not yeah like, like the they got made at home masks. yeah like, no holes cut out of the eye and mouth that's what makes it that's horrifying that's, yeah, so no, that's what makes it it's like like with yarn like tied around <laughs> it, like like cardboard like it, they were like, like shiny they're ro- like they're fucking robbing a gas station <laughs> yeah they were like we're gonna rob this gas station yeah, and like they, bang this yeah like they printed it on photo yeah. paper and then put it on like cardstock and then just like, like cut like the a, eyes out and put like yarn like it's like what i'm saying horrifying i mean like it is horrifying you know <laughs> it was dark they should have dressed her up as miss usa she essentially was i kind of was you know i found out i'm not sure if this is the exact parody that that i was supposed to be so i was supposed to be america and donald trump is fucking america uh, as okay, he would okay. be doing yes it's just true which and, is true and i like i was trying to get really dark i was like like maybe they should like pee in my butt like what would donald trump do to america yeah and they were like oh and you Men can't pee on women. I was like, oh, okay. yeah, that's not well, that. well, don't pee on my women. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's not urine. That's just really clear. Ejaculate. It's square. It's just yeah. Male he's, he's squirting. He's squirting. That's all. <laughs> but um, God, yeah, it was so horrifying. Um, 
I totally forgot what I was just going to say. I got so sidetracked thinking about. So you were so oh. you were trying to you were gonna, you were going to be America. So you were thinking. Oh about, yeah, the yeah. parody. Um, Donald Trump had these like m- middle school age Donald Trump cheerleaders for a little while that were like <laughs> what? These, yeah, I don't know if I was actually par. I don't think I was actually supposed to be parodying them. But I look pretty fucking close to, and and they were like singing songs yeah. about Donald Trump and doing like cheerleading out like acts in like a very similar type sequin glitter USA. Do you want to know what's really funny about oh those girls? God. Trump didn't pay them. Their father is currently suing Trump for payment. Oh, Trump never pays anybody. Well, yeah. Trump fucks America. That's the. There you go. Why is that not a bumper? And wait, is it okay? Is, and isn't. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the name of your scene is called Make America Gape Again. Yeah. <laughs> Make America Gape Again, and there's plenty of yes. gaping. There's a little sip of the 288 Podcast. Belly up to the bar at their home site, 288podcast.com, and find them available for downloading and or streaming all across the internet. Well, congratulations to Bert Kreischer, who just passed the 200-episode mark with his Bertcast Soundcast. Tyson snipped us off a bit of Bert's Epi 201, where he chats with guest, fellow comic, and soundcaster Zane Lamprey about the secrets of successful crowdfunding. I'm going to backtrack two seconds, because for those of you who don't know, who haven't listened to my podcast, I think you've been on my podcast three times. Yeah. But for those of you who don't know, Zane initially got his start by doing a show on HDNet. HD. Well, no, it was on Mojo. Mojo. It's called Three Sheets. Three Sheets, yeah. which was him going around and drinking. It was it was one of the more watched shows on television, I would say, based on the fact that everyone just got HD and you were yeah. one of four shows on there. there four and it was channels. fucking yeah. great. Yeah. It was like some of the shows were okay. Yours was great. Dude, I well, I that's amazing. I really appreciate that. Every, anyone who is anyone who's in television, who's been in television for 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 ten years. As yeah. long as I mean, I don't know. You've been doing television longer, but I'd say ten years. I just knows that up. show a hundred percent. Then you went on, and then you went on, and this is. I'm just giving you a little bit of Zane's backstory. You went on to start stand up comedy, do a sold out uh, House of Blues comedy tour, all while shooting your next show, uh, Drinking Made Easy. Drinking Made Easy. Yeah, that went on. And and then you and then you came to this. You're like, what do I want to do next? You did chug. Yeah. Now the the, the interesting thing I, I believe about this chug funding was that as opposed to my funding, I did it at Kickstarter. I think we were th- raised thirty five grand. You kept posting videos daily about where you were. You did interviews with yourself. You were very I creative. I did. I need to do another one of those. I was going to with this one. It's moving so quickly that all these things that I wanted to do, like I wanted, to, you know, my dog, right? Yeah. So my dog is like the tallest breed in the world, and he's and so I put him in a in a hoodie, and I was going to have him like eating like In and Out burgers, like ten of them in the hoodie, yeah, just to show that you can eat burgers in a hoodie. I don't know, but it would have been fun. <laughs> it, it was so it, it was so stupid and nonsensical, it probably would have gone viral, and and I just haven't had a chance to do it. But you had, but you, but that was the most fascinating thing about me watching you do this first Kickstarter for Chug mm. was how much of your thumbprint was on it and how much. You put into it on a daily basis. You know, here, here. So here's how anyone who's ever interested in doing crowdfunding, besides having a, a 
a base of people, and it's not necessarily fans, right? You could just have people that like your work or you like, like something that you do. Like You have to have this core, and those people can, can go and share it. You have to start with something. But the second thing is you need to shout it from the mountaintop every day, right? But if I go to the mountaintop and I go, hey, I got a chug Kickstarter, go back it. And the next day I go, I got a chug Kickstarter, go back it. At some point it becomes white noise and it starts yeah. to annoy people. You need to figure out things to do and say every day to stay relevant, to drive traffic to your crowdfunding without saying the same thing. You know what I mean? So like you're not saying like, oh, go – you know, you're, you're sort of like I make a funny video. I go and do this. I post some pictures. I, you know, I go and do like podcasts or whatever it is. You have to figure out ways of just getting the word out there. And, and so that's you – know, that, that is what I also learned from doing that as well. Um, and then you're right. Having a great team of people is, 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 is essential. And like you said, going in there and just walking in. I walk in like a, like a madman. And I tell people to do something. Okay, you, you, you do this. Okay, you do this. You do this. And they're like, well, yesterday you get – yeah, it's a new day. New change, you know, whatever. And they're just like, oh, my Lord. It was, so, it was a legit – it was a legit working production studio sure. where you were putting out content daily. And yeah. that was and, – and that – I'm and we'll come full circle in this, but that – changed the way I viewed everything and it and it also spawned a conversation we had about vlogging where I was like dude the, these guys are fucking running the world if you yeah. can make your own shit and put it out let's scrap that for a second so then <laughs> so then you it's going to make us a, it's, it'll take us a long time to draw a circle you and me I know it's like this crazy squiggly line that just kind of goes off and me meanders oh, I am fucking If you can tie this one up I'll be really impressed it, it ends with me asking to be a uh, start a production company with you so it's so, uh, an in, so, a very interesting concept so and uh, do your first action movie star so okay <laughs> now that Maybe i'm going to give, give my full attention yeah um, um so so let's go <laughs> so then you decided to whoa do, i just realized no i'm looking out the window but i sort of you know like when things hit you you sometimes you proclaim things yeah you you haven't said anything about my beard like uh I, you said it when i when i when i got to your house but yeah. you didn't say anything on the air and i kind of I feel like it's like when you have a beard, which you have, yeah. and it's a respectful beard. Yeah, hardcore. Right. But, but someone walks in with a better beard than what you have. It is literally <laughs> beard etiquette that you need to acknowledge, publicly acknowledge. I said first thing I said. Publicly, strong beard. Publicly acknowledge. Like you have a good beard, but I'm not allowed to say it <laughs> yeah. because my beard is better than yours. <laughs> so like – but when you have an opportunity to – publicly say it you need to do that so right now you're in that situation my beard is is pretty awesome it's 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 a salt and pepper maybe a little bit more pepper and salt i'm not sure definitely alpha is my beard thank you the burt cast is available on the laughable app itunes soundcloud stitcher Podbay. you know places where you find sound casts Bird is not the only soundcast to hit 200 episodes this week i've got a shout out to another coming up in the tweet sack a little later on if you're going to be giving thanks this season, why not do it in style? Here's an important word from our sponsor. Hello, friends, and happy Thanksgiving from everyone at Henderson's Pants. Rather than waiting for Black Friday and getting dunked in the middle of the shopping deluge, we've got an early treat for all your meat, if your meat of choice happens to be turkey. Introducing Henderson's new turkey trousers, just in time for the traditional holiday feast. Turkey trousers, though stylish and available in a variety of snappy fall colors, bring something else to the table that isn't as obvious to the casual observer. They're made with Henderson's patented expanding waistband, the Waste Not, Want Not, which allows you to go from svelte to stocky in a single meal, and without having to unbelt, unsnap, or unzip your pants in an uncouth manner. 
how, you might ask? Well, friends, the belt is built in and simply a part of the waste-not-want-not expanding design. Before dinner, your pants are as snug as a bug in a rug, so there's no need for a real belt to hold them up. After you stuff your face with turkey and cranberry sauce and sweet potatoes with that marshmallow stuff on top and string beans in the disgusting jello mold with stuff floating in it and pumpkin pie with whipped cream, not to mention highballs and eggnog and wine, the waistband expands as you do, but always with just enough extra room so you don't feel or look stuffed to the rafters. And after dinner, the Waste Not Want Not has enough extra give that you can pull your Henderson's turkey trousers right up around your chin and burrow into the couch for a well-deserved nap. Originally designed for use by the Incredible Hulk, Kim Kardashian's ass, and the entire Mormon Tabernacle Choir, Henderson's turkey trousers are available wherever bedraggled-looking Santas are standing outside, ringing their bells for your spare change. That's Henderson's, makers of shin sheaths and butt cradles since 1621. And now, back to Succotash. We are definitely in a period of soundcasting where the well-produced narrative is beginning to blossom. Tyson Sander grabbed us a clip from Rex Riveter, Private Eye, which the show's description calls, quote, a modern radio drama, unquote. Set in 1955, it's a hard-boiled P.I. comic thriller starring Randy Cool. Is that right? Cool? As Rex and series director Rhiannon McAfee as Jenny McIntosh. Epi 8, which this clip is from, is called Triple Indemnity. It's actually part two, but Tyson pulled this chunk because it features friend of our show, Sabrina Charlie Miller, in the role of Luca. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we return to Rex Riveter, Private Eye, in A Case of Triple Indemnity. Being a private eye is sometimes like being a circus performer. You have to learn to juggle your need for information with the client's desire for privacy. All while riding your unicycle through a flaming hoop of gunfire and checking your rearview mirror to see if you're being tailed. I noticed a brown sedan three cars back that's been with me for a couple of miles. I can't see the driver's face. He's got his fedora pulled down low, and the shade does the rest of the work for him. I pull into a filling station and wait for him to pass by. After five minutes and two offers to fill her up by the pimple-faced attendant, I look back down Ventura but don't see anything out of the ordinary. Too much time in this business makes you a little jumpy. My next stop is the home of Carmen Scalati, the wife of the deceased and sole beneficiary to his quarter-of-a-million-dollar life insurance policy. It's an address in Chalon Street over in Bel Air. I can't come right out and ask her if something was hinky, so the direct approach is out. I make a slow pass by the house. It's not the largest place on the street, but in most other neighborhoods it would be considered a mansion. There's no car in the driveway, but I decide to play it safe and park under a shady tree three houses down. The walk back to the Scalati place gives me some time to come up with a plan. It's an old one, but sometimes the classics are best. Here's a tip. If you're going to break into a house, case the joint first. There's nothing worse than going through someone's personals when they walk in the front door. But don't ask me how I know. Hello. He comes up behind me like a thief in the night. The Scalati's gardener must have heard me knocking. I assume he's the gardener. Either that or this place comes with its own gravedigger. 
Signore. Oh, hello. I'm looking for Mr. Scalati. I'm a friend of his from high school. Chi sei? Cosa vuoi? Tu non appartieni qui. La signora Scalati non è qui. Dovreste andare. Uh, I'm sorry. My Spanish is a little rusty. Um, donde sta signor Scalati? Non parlo lo spagnolo, idiota. E sono italiano. I knew I should have stayed awake during Mrs. Rodriguez's class. Cosa stai facendo qui? La signora Scalate ti sta appintando. E appintando andata al negozio di armentare, ritorno presto. Look, buddy, I thought we established. I don't understand a single word you're saying. No comprende, get it? So why don't you go back to trimming Mrs. Scalati's bushes? Parlele italiano, fototo idiota. I'm not sure of the words, but the tone is coming across crystal clear. Non dovreste essere qui. Se il signor Scalate er vivo, ti avrebbe sparato la testa, stupido. I'm beginning to think my Spanish isn't the problem. Just as I'm about to start playing charades with the help, a red convertible DeSoto with white wall tires pulls into the driveway. Carmen Scalati steps out of her car. I immediately know there's going to be trouble. She doesn't walk up to me. She stalks. Like a cat sneaking up on its prey. Graceful and lithe. My decision to stop talking to the gardener has nothing to do with her candy apple red lipstick. Or the sudden pounding in my chest. Signora Scalate, quest'uomo stava bussando alla sua porta. Non credo che parli italiano. Le ho detto di andensare, ma lui non mi ha capito. Deve usare uno della polizia. Guardo la sua divisa. Va tutto bene, Luca. Ci penserò io. Ma? Ci penserò io. Please forgive me. Luca is very protective. Who can blame him? Scusi? He's the gardener, right? You wouldn't want the neighborhood kids running through your azaleas. Peonies. 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 They're called the rose without thorns. In Italy, they're given to a beloved one. They're supposed to be the symbol of discretion. Peonies. These particular flowers came from cuttings for my wedding bouquet. They have a very special meaning. I am sorry I am being rude. How can I help you, Mr... Riveter. Rex Riveter. Rex Riveter Private Eye is housed over on Libsyn, the same great folks that host our soundcast. But Rex Riveter's URL is really long, so just Google search Rex Riveter. And that's Riveter spelled with two T's, R-I-V-E-T-T-E-R. Or just uh, find him in all the usual soundcast haunts. The immensely popular site Reductress has been pumping out a soundcast with a terrific title of Mouth Time since March of this year. Tyson snipped us off a clip featuring co-hosts Quen and Div, quote, giving you everything you expect from a women's magazine in 2016, unquote. Tyson said he had to finally check out the show because he's been binge listening to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast over on Stitcher. That's one of my favorite shows. And he says every ad he's heard has been for mouth time. This clip is from Epi 74 entitled Cold Storage Facility in a Chicken Farm. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here today. And you look... Amazing, Deb. You really do. You know, I wish that our listeners could see what you looked like because you... They can't see because it's a podcast, but like... Yeah, but I wish 
because there has to be a word to describe what's on your head. I, it's so cute. It's, it's a on, bag. It's a bag. Yeah. That's what it it's a it's just a it's like a Ziploc baggie that you crammed up there. Yeah, I was doing my morning running meditation and uh, my eyes were closed so I ran into the wall. Um my head was bleeding a lot, but um I didn't have a band-aid. But I wanted to keep the blood in my body because that's where it goes and I put a bag on. Oh. And people have been complimenting me all morning. It's incredible. That's amazing. Blood is heavy though. You should try to get rid of some. Speaking of which, we've been getting rid of a lot this week. We have been. Okay, so it is tax season and Boo. everyone is <laughs> everyone is just going nuts with the Marie Kondo craze. Yes, I'm obsessed. I love anything that like where you can fix yourself or at least try to. Totally. She's written an amazing book. It's called The Magical Magic of Tidying Up Your Magic. Yeah, she and what she does is she just wants you to get rid of everything that isn't giving you joy. And so everyone in the office was like, <laughs> beep, beep, taxes. And so we just are kind of shredding everything that looks like it could be related to taxes. I feel so much better. Yeah. I I always have struggled with taxes, but now I just feel so light. And now when I get calls from the IRS, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm hanging up because this is not bringing me joy. No, that's the thing to remember is that you don't know your conversation to anyone. That's so true. Even if it's the government. And you know what? Everyone in the office is thinking about getting that tattooed on their arms. Yeah, it's kind of mandatory. Yeah. This week is Get It Week, where we're celebrating girls who are getting it. And we talk about how they get it, why they're going to get it, who they get it with, and, and also what is getting. And what is it? Yeah, and getting it is unique to everyone. It's not some cookie-cutter thing. No. It's unique to who you are. So, like, it's, you know, the first step is asking yourself, what does getting it mean to me? Right, absolutely. So we encourage all of our listeners to do what we're doing and just think, what does getting it mean to me? Like, for example, for me, it's like getting it is like you you get there and then someone gives it to you. And if it's wrapped, bonus points. Yeah. And for me, getting it means that we are all made of the same it. Like a star exploded and that made us, it made objects, like regardless of whether or not it's in your house, you can go and you can take it, whatever it is. Wow. It's true. I mean, and getting it can also mean kind of freeing yourself from your past because you know that um, I've struggled with bullying in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, I was bullied all the time because guys were like, go out with me, go out with me. And girls were like, why are you my best friend? And it was like, stop bullying me. That's so sad. Yeah. It's amazing how many women deal with bullying because I also dealt with it. No way. Yeah. No, there was this girl who just like all the way through school, she would just follow me around and say all this nasty stuff like, stop bullying me and like stop painting the word poor on my locker. And it was just like this girl would not leave me alone. And getting it means that I can just set that aside. Yeah, absolutely. You can move on from your past. Her death is not my fault. For more info on getting it, pick up a copy of our ebook, How to Get It Like We Got It. We'll keep getting it throughout the episode, but for now, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is the DivaCone. DivaCone is a revolutionary new device for that time of the month. Tired of accidentally jamming your hands into your bloody underwear and getting menstrual blood all over yourself? The DivaCone is a collar you wear around your waist to keep you from touching your own bloody vagina, sort of like a dog cone. 
the people at DivaCone sent us some samples, and honestly, we haven't touched our bloody crotches at all this week. That's right. I had my boyfriend, Chab, actually change all my tampons. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm personally, I'm a free bleeder. It's just like so much better for you. Any kind of tampon, like, you sh- it shouldn't go in your body. Like, nothing smaller than an elbow should go in your vagina. <laughs> Write so, that down. Yeah, it's it's so much more natural. Get your free trial DivaCone at DivaCone.com. You can check out more Mouth Time on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Don't forget, you can also find Succotash now on iHeartRadio, and also we're on YouTube. We don't we don't have video on this show, but somehow we're on YouTube, so you can listen to it while you look at, I guess, our show logo? I think that's what's up when you're listening on iTunes. All right, here's my chat with Chris Mancini, co-organizer of the Los Angeles Podcast Festival and co-host of the Comedy Film Nerd Soundcast and one of the producers of the Earbuds documentary, which is just coming out. So all that stuff going on. We chatted about a number of things in the 13 minutes we spent together at the Podcast Lab back in September. It sounded exactly like this. Uh, so, back with Chris Mancini, another year, another podcast. Another year, another podcast. Year five. Year five. Yeah. And I have been yes. to all five of these. And we celebrated with a new Succotash placement. Uh, yes. New Succotash placement, new logo, yep. new descriptor, the sound cast. Oh, yes, that's yes, right. Because of the podcast. You're going to try to eliminate the word pod. Going to try and take yeah. it back for the people. Uh-huh. Right? Well... I mean, you know, Apple, they've got a lot of money. Yeah. They've done a lot of things. And now they've, now they've taken the pod name away from us, and now it's part of the EarPod thing, right? Yes. The wireless EarPod. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? We need a word that we can have for ourselves. Yeah. The soundcasters of the world tonight. Or not. The comedy soundcast soundcast. Exactly. Rolls right off the tongue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to say, uh, I'm really excited about your journalism panel coming up. It's going to be great. We've got, uh, we've got uh, the people from Criminal, yes. which is terrific, both the host and the producer. And then, uh, what's the gentleman's name from USA Today? Jefferson something. That's the problem I have. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's been, I think it'd be great because, you know, having you know been writing reviews, and not just reviews, I also do stories for uh, several other publications, uh, like Marin Magazine. Yes. Up in the, and those get published online. And I'll be honest, I wasn't aware of your uh, full journalism background. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I used to write for... Uh, uh, three comedy publications back in the 80s. Just for Laughs newspaper, which is out of San Francisco. Uh, comedy USA out of New York. And the very short-lived, uh, I think it was called Laugh Fest. Is that it? Uh, but I was out of Los Angeles, and I wrote for all three of those publications as well. Uh, and I write for several other places. But the idea of journalism, I, was, I literally laid awake last night thinking about this, because just the idea of who is watching what's going on. You know, for years there were editors. You know, for hundreds of years, literally, there were editors about what got released to the public. And now anybody can say anything. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and who is the gatekeeper now? Right, which is great. And you know what? You know who's the gatekeeper? Is the listener. That's right. But so, the problem you know, is. Okay, well, guess what? Your sound is no longer getting into my ears. Click off. Yes, but is, but is it your sound or is it your truth is no longer getting into my ears? Or is it your lies? And do I know the difference between your truth and your lies? But what are both truth and lies? Sound. Well, that's true. <laughs> 
That's true, which is why we have a sound cast. Right. It's not a pod. Right. It's a sound. Okay. Anyway, um, so it's going to be a really interesting discussion, I think. Um, because it's amazing. I mean, look at the impact that Serial's had in that the, the focus of that show got a new trial. Right. And that, you know, the courts can say it had nothing to do with that, but you know it had right. everything. That's like when the movie Super Size Me came out and yes. McDonald's eliminated their supersizing on their menu. Yes. They said it had nothing to do with the movie. Absolutely. It's called the thing that we just removed. Yes, yes, exactly. So I'll be curious to see what the, the point of view is from uh, the panelists. Yes, me too. And that's what I love about it, too. I'm running around. You know, I'm not able to see all of them. Like, I was able to see the um, um, the Taking Your Podcast on the Road about half of it. But, you know, I've got a lot of other duties I'm attending of to. Course, so yes. I actually watch the live stream after to make sure I can see everything, especially the panels, because I book them. Yeah. But I want to make sure, see how they go, see what works, what doesn't, and, you know, the uh, um, and what could be done differently. Because sometimes, you know, you have to have the right mix. The right mix of knowledge and funny, because we want to make them entertaining. Of course. But and also the right mix of, like, people that know what they're talking about. So, so they're worthwhile from an informational and entertainment standpoint at the same time. Right. Well, I mean, look at your, your podcast that you do with Graham, Comedy Film Nerds. Uh, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a certain amount of integrity in your podcast in terms of how you talk about films. Yes. And yeah, you know, you either rip into them or you celebrate them or whatever you do, but there is an accuracy in what you do. And you have to hold yourselves accountable yes, to make totally. sure that happens. But what, yep. what about the soundtrack? We don't. The ones who just, they don't have that sense of responsibility. Well, then what I think going on is, uh, then it becomes more of a, a conversation. Whereas, you know, we have a conversation, but we also try to come at it from a, a experienced, knowledgeable perspective. And a lot of, you know, sometimes people may disagree, that's fine. I, I can't say we always get everything right. We get a name wrong or a year wrong or occasionally, but... Uh, um, I think it's two different things. Like, you look at um, podcasts that do research, that come from a, uh, a standpoint of like, well, here's our knowledge about it, and here's what we're talking about. But podcasts that just want to be a conversation, they don't have that threshold of just being informative, too. So but we, we think that's important. So that I think that's what differentiates us. Um, we take the time to have an informed opinion um, as opposed to just kind of like a conversation like, that sucked or that was great. You know, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm like, no, we need to go, here's, it was great, here's why, it was bad, here's why. Right. I mean, one, uh, it's interesting because it kind of bleeds over to something that, because I'm constantly listening to these comedy podcasts, has begun to drive me slowly crazy is the, the casters who are not doing any research about the topics they're talking about. They're just spitballing conversations and they kind of throw some facts out there that go, I'm not really sure who was in that movie or, you know, they're talking about a sports thing or whatever. They just don't have their information down. And then you've got your listeners who are on this sort of sliding slope of kind of approximate information. Right. You know, they're growing up, you know, there's a whole generation of people that have grown up now with TMZ as a news source. Oh, yeah, I know, and that's insane. But, yeah. but it's tainting everything else. Right, Because exactly. of the lack of research, because of the yeah. lack of oversight that's going on. Yeah, I mean, there is a, um, and it's also, it's a, it's a parasitic relationship when you have companies like TMZ where they're literally just feeding off the chaos of a celebrity without 
without any regard to accuracy or no. anything, or, anything, or ramifications, anything, yeah, ramifications, anything. Yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, so, and what happens is you start to educate your audience on what your show is. So, like, we find that, like, because our audience is more educated because they expect more from film from us, that when we, yeah, we always say, well, we don't have a fact checker in the office, but we have thousands of them listening. So, uh, so we get those occasional tweets and, like, hey, this is what it is, this is what yeah, it is. Yeah. But people are very polite. Like, you know, we make sure everyone starts with point of order. And uh, point of order, sirs. <laughs> here's where I disagree, or here's where you're there factually seems, incorrect. There needs to be something yeah. like Robert's Rules of Order. Yes. <laughs> so we and we love that too. We like uh, because it shows that the the fans are engaged, and we want that. Well, yeah. I mean, you, they've been they say for years, even before there was this sort of slack journalism going on. Check the facts for yourself. Right? You know, I'll I mean, tell you, slack journalism is still even a generous term. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so five years in, what are the, I want to kind of give this sort of two sides. What are the benefits of having done this for five years? And now what are the pitfalls of having done this for five years? The benefits of having done it for five years is we've now established, established a reputation as being the premier podcast festival. There's no other podcast. There are other podcast festivals, but it's not like this one. We're the first one and we feel we do it better than anyone. Um, the pitfalls is, is because we've created such a large and um, great user experience for everyone, we've gone over budget. <laughs> and uh, we were a little too reliant on sponsorship money. And uh, so what that meant is that um, as much as we tried to give away as many perks and food and drinks and everything, we have to scale back on that a little bit because as the sponsors scale back, we have to uh, change the experience a little bit. And that experience change is only going to be in perks. So we're going to get the same bed, great shows, the same sense of community. It's just stuff like food and drink. Right. right. We scale back because uh, sponsors are scary. And it's, it's one of those things where, like, you... I mean, the first couple of years, you would buy a pass, and you would get, like, free food and two drink tickets a day for every single right. person that was here. Sure. We, we found that we, we couldn't sustain that any longer. <laughs> as much as we want to. We wanted everyone to be, uh, you know, treated like kings, but now um, you need to be treated like fans. <laughs> we had to scale back to being treated like fans. <laughs> so, um, Well-treated fans. As... as as podcasting has gained legitimacy, right? I mean, uh-huh. given the course of time and the fact that, you know, last year, I, I, up to last year, I was calling sort of the uh, the decade of the podcast, and sort of starting last year, it became the decade of the podcast network. Yes. Because there are more and more of those proliferating. It seems like it is getting more legitimized, I guess. You know, more people are getting into it, they're understanding how it works. And well, it it's is. getting, yes, uh, but the problem with that is it's getting more corporate, too. Oh yeah. When, no, the, when the corporations come in, sometimes they it's, you know great money, but then they're buying something they don't understand, and you run the risk of ruining it. In fact, um, Will Anderson in the documentary Earbuds makes that exact point. It's like you know, he said it happened with punk rock, and it's like you know, when money comes in, uh, giant corporations because they all want a piece of it. Um, it could possibly ruin it. And that's what we're hoping, you know, doesn't happen. But, you know, we're, we're a long ways from it being ruined by money. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think, I think those of us that have been in this a while have cautioned against that very thing. I know yeah. I have, and I know you, you have as well, because, you know, this is, this is a sort of thing that needs to have 
this input. And yeah, you want that corporate sponsorship of money to come yes. out and kind of want them at arm's right. length. Let us do the way, this and, the way it has to be. And that's what's been amazing about sponsorship of the festival. Every single sponsor we've had, whether it's a small or large sponsorship, they have uh, never made any demands or anything. And that's the way you know we'll always run the festival. It's like any sponsor that comes on with demands and these ridiculous things, I'm like, well, no, that's, that's not what this is about. You're not, you're not, you know, keep your money. We're, we're good. So, and that's always the way we run. This. So, uh, how is earbuds? Um, now that you, you're, it's pretty much done at this point, right? Earbuds is completely done. <laughs> okay. For sure. And uh, it will be released uh, mid-November at ComedyFilmNerds.com. And uh, if you were a Kickstarter back, you'll be getting it a little bit earlier, too. And even if you're uh, someone who bought a physical reward and not a download, you'll still get a download. We want to get the downloads to everyone uh, mid to uh, early to mid-November. And then the physical rewards will come after that for anyone to but the main thing is we want to get you the movie as soon as possible. The reason we can't get it any sooner is because we have agreements with film festivals sure. and we can't get the movie out until they, they continue the run. And uh, so we're up in Napa Valley in November oh, and then cool. after that ends, the Napa Valley Film Festival, that's when we can release the film. Nice. And then how's the graphic novel coming? The graphic novel is coming amazingly. That's uh, long ago and far away. And every week I get new art and um, from the artist Fernando Pinto has been fantastic. And what I love about it too is sometimes we get caught up in just trying to grow the companies, the business, the podcasts. And, you know, I, I came out to LA. I just want to create, write, and stuff, and, and to just kind of take a break from all this logistics and get back to my first love is like writing and you know seeing the graphic novel, seeing the actual images come alive. It's been unbelievably satisfying, and I cannot wait to get that to everyone for sure. That's great. That's great. Well, I know you're busy. Thank you for stopping by. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I will uh, see you at your panel. Absolutely. Tomorrow, two p.m. Fantastic. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I still want to come up with the equivalent of a audible handshake at the end of an interview. So oh, it sounds like, like the seeing people shake hands at the end of the interview. Yeah, I'd like to have an, some sort of a sound cue. Yeah, I wonder what that would be. Glasses clinking. Like a high five yeah. or something. All right. Anyway, thanks for stopping by. Fires. All right. Now, I have no idea if they're going to have me back next year in any official capacity, but I sure had fun moderating the journalism and podcasting panel this last time around. I stand, sir, ready to serve, should they want me back. All right, it's time to see if we have anything of note in the old tweet sack. I've been jousting playfully online with a guy named Ben Tippett, Dr. Ben Tippett, who's also host of the Titanium Physicists podcast. And Ben hates the term soundcast. So every time I tweet about using the term, he snipes back at me. This feud has been going back and forth for a while, and it's pretty much at a stalemate, I think. But Ben Ben is a theoretical physicist. Well, he's a real physicist, but he studies the theory of... Never mind. Anyway, he's actually a pretty delightful guy, even given his prejudice against the term soundcast. So I interviewed him a few days ago, and that will be up on our next Succotash Chats show. So how about that? That's how that's how evenly keeled I am when it comes to the podcast versus soundcast debate. 
Cole Stratton, co-host of the Pop My Culture Soundcast and co-organizer of the San Francisco Sketch Fest, wrote to tell me that I might have some trouble lining up guests for my roundtable I'm planning for Sunday, January 22nd. It seems a lot of the other soundcasters may be doing their shows around the same time, so if you are a comedy soundcaster and planning to be at the Sketch Fest, but aren't scheduled to be on at 4 o'clock or 4.30 January 22nd, let me know. And I will put you on my show. How about that? I also might have a special surprise guest, but I'm not going to say more because I haven't heard back from my special surprise guest. (coughs) Dana Carvey. (coughs) Sorry. I've been invited to be interviewed for John Clemson's show, the, the Your Startup Advisor Soundcast, on December 6th. John and I met up at the L.A. PodFest for the first time back in September. I actually have that interview to play soon, too. I've got a bunch still stored up. So I'm looking forward to talking to John about startups and business and stuff like that. Congrats to the crew at the Strange Time Show. That would be friends of Suckatash, Davy and Dent, Kat Sorens, and Samantha Pett. They just hit their 200th episode. Both Bill Haywatt and I recorded little messages for them that they're playing uh, during that episode, along with a pile of other podcasters who have a lot of love for the Strange Times people. Their Epi 200 also included visits from Travis Clark from Tiny Odd Conversations and Monica Homburg from Dazed and Convicted. And now it's time for our carnival of convivial comradeship to thank those who have been kind enough to mention us by tweeting, retweeting, liking, quoting, hearting, thumbs-upping, or otherwise including succotash in your social media blatherings. Apologize... Uh, in advance if I miss any of you, but uh, this list only goes back about a week, so uh, there's uh, a bunch of people I probably will forget to mention, but here we go. Ready? Here here we go. Dr. Dude from the Turd Talk Soundcast, Titanium Physicists, Mimi Toll, Kareem Nimnia, Nimne, Nimnia, Believe me, you wouldn't be able to pronounce this either. Christine Blackburn from the Storyworthy Podcast. Spare Men from the Spare Men app that nobody ever calls me on. Radio Rubber Room and Derek Vera, who just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Derek. Changes in Latitude. Nighttime Podcast. Cody Ziegler. CBC's This Is That. Salty Language Podcast. Bebop G. Gresta. Caddyshack Minute. I- Elman Iman Reed. Ayman Rashid, Ayman Rashid, Terry McGovern, Brent McCluskey, Ice in the Face, Nug Nargang, Illusionoid, Kyle Andrews, Carrie Snow, hi Carrie, great comedian and longtime friend, Jabs from the D-Head Factor, Podcast Booster Bot, Adam Haas, Tom Crowley from the Wooden Overcoat Soundcast, Tom McTeague, another great comedian and longtime friend, William Runyon Jr., Rebel Mama, Grunky, Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall, Drinking in the Park, Shane Elliott, another longtime chum o' mine from the Fries on the Side Sketch Group, Stephen Lewis, Cruel Hamster, Choo Choo Stew, and Peace and Love. Be sure to mention Suckatash in your social media wanderings, and we'll try to mention you right here next time in the Carnival of Convivial Comradeship, which will have a different name the next time. Let's close out our Epi 143 with our second tune from Abner Surd called Eyes in the Forest. It's a little something different. According to Ab's note that was uploaded with the song, he says, quote, Tried something a little different this time. Not quite a cappella. Call it ain't cappella. Use it if you wish. We wish, Abner. We wish.
deep in the heart of the shady forest, in the ancient grove where the old trees grow, something is lurking out where the light is poorest, hiding in the branches and watching out below. All through the forest a breeze is blowing, stirring all the leaves with a sound like sighs. Cloaked in the shadows, I think there's something glowing. It's a crooked beak with a pair of yellow eyes. Eyes of a hunter from out of habit, staring down at me like they see right through. All I can say is I'm glad I'm not a rabbit, so I'll just be going and best of luck to you. That was Eyes in the Forest from Abner Surd. You can hear a lot more tunage and storytelling at his Shaggy Dogs and Tall Tales soundcast, available at abnersurd.com, iTunes, and, you know, the usual bunch of places. And that will be quite enough out of me. As always, apologies for getting these episodes out so late. Now that we're getting some... uh, Now that we're getting some operating capital from the folks clicking on the Amazon banner, though, uh, I'm going to try and churn things out a little faster. And please do remember that banner as you start to sweat out the Christmas shopping this year. For every gift you buy through Amazon, when you get there by way of our banner at the top of the SuccotashShow.com page, we get a little something in our stocking. Also remember that you can pass the Succotash even easier now. Let your friends know that they can find us not only on the home site, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, but we're also on Laughable, iHeartRadio, and even on iTunes. Probably a lot of other places I don't even know about. Catch you next time with an episode of Succotash Chats featuring the titanium physicists Ben Tippett. In the meantime, have yourselves a great Thanksgiving, and thanks for passing the Succotash. Goodbye. You've been listening to Suckatash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, and on Ha Ha Ha, the laughable app. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuccotashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. That number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash U slash Suckatash. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suckatash. Goodbye.